My name is Dean Melconian. I'm your host. And man, oh man, was that an awesome game by your LA Chargers and our first-round draft pick, quarterback Justin Herbert. That was amazing, guys. I, I got to tell you, I have not been that excited for a Chargers loss ever. And I know it's a loss, but guess what? I don't feel it. I don't feel like it's a loss. Uh, that was an amazing showing by our rookie and by that tenacious defense. You know, we've been talking all along this whole offseason with our podcast. Go back and check them out if you haven't done so. That tenacious defense was coming. We kept writing them saying, hey, this is going to be one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense. And right now they're showing it to you, folks. They took out that Kansas City Chiefs daunting offense, and they made them look pedestrian. Uh, they looked so good. and made that big pass to Tyreek Hill earlier. Um, yes, those things occurred. Uh, the extra point conversion, the two-point conversion, I should say, occurred, tying the game up. Right, all those things happened. Uh, Buckner came in, Harrison Buckner with their field goal, the 58-yarder, and kicked it literally three times and made all three until the actual one counted. Yes, I'll give you all those. Absolutely. Uh, Chiefs won at the end. And, you know, at that point, I guess they deserved it, if you want to call it that. The, the stat sheet doesn't mean it, but hey, it's all about wins and losses. And they came back after a game they should have lost, and they, they were clearly outplayed in, and they won the game. And that that's that you'd want to feel like, wow, that's that's crappy, right? And I feel that a little bit after the game. Absolutely. We wanted to get that win for sure. We deserved that win. Absolutely. But, you know, we didn't get it. The Chiefs got the last, last barrage on us. Uh, but I got to tell you, the future looks great. Justin Herbert, man, that offense was zinging with Herbert, okay? And again, it's it's really is an unfair comparison, right? But that's all we have. It's a small sample size. We saw week one, Tyrod Turner. Take it again. We saw week one, Tyrod Taylor, 16 points against the Cincinnati Bengals team, a defense that was just so-so. And it didn't really look great. It looked okay, right? Again, first week, first time starting out. We talked about this last time. Didn't expect anything different. But how about Herbert coming in as a fresh rookie? And I say fresh because we didn't have offseason this year, right? You guys all know this. There was no offseason. There was virtual camp, right? We came in for what, a couple weeks? Uh, It's not even enough to get this thing humming. Uh, This kid did not have a lot of practice time. And it wasn't a normal uh, off season for a rookie to come in and do the uh, voluntary workouts and OTAs, uh, getting in for rookie camp for the weekend, coming in uh, and, and really getting the playbook installed and really having a thorough training camp, a preseason. How about some preseason games for this kid? Nothing. He's never lined up behind center in the NFL. And here he goes, literally minutes before game time. he's out there and he's saying, what? I'm starting. Are are you kidding me? Uh, And he came out like literally a five-year veteran, uh, poised, confident, secure. The kid had great, great reads going on. He was confident with the ball. He wasn't haphazard. He took off running when he needed to. He threw the ball at the great windows that he was doing. Yes, a couple of mistakes we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, And how dare he, right? How, How dare he make those mistakes as a rookie? But he made them. Uh, and hopefully he won't make those again. But how do you even hold that against him based on what he did that day and how he was thrust in that game with literally no warning time? And it's not just any team you're playing in the NFL. You're just going to play the world champion, 
Kansas City Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes, right? Let's go ahead and outduel him. Well, that defense came ready to play, and that offense controlled that clock. They did one heck of a job on that clock, man. We we're talking about that last week. How do you con- how do you control an offense that's so powerful like the Kansas City Chiefs? You leave them on the sideline, and that's what the Chargers did. They did an amazing, uh, amazing job of keeping those guys on the sideline, keeping them uh, nice and cold. Uh, time of possession between this game, 39 minutes for the Chargers, 28 minutes for the Chiefs. And literally that was majority of that was in the in the first first half and even the third quarter. Fourth quarter was when they, they got up and running and got some more yards in play and, and got some more opportunities. Uh, but amazing. I wanna I wanna talk about that defense first, right? We'll get back to Herbert in a second. But that D line, this is what defenses are, are made of. I don't care. You can spend a lot of money on corners. Uh, you can put a huge amount of money on linebackers. I, I get it. That's all sexy and it looks great, right? But man, if you don't have a D line and you can't pressure the quarterback. I don't care if you have Deion Sanders uh, back there in all four spots. I don't care if you have Ronnie Locke back there as a safety. Um, I don't care. I don't care. It's not going to happen. You're not going to cover somebody for four seconds, and they're going to burn you. Somebody's going to beat you after four seconds, right? But you put in a pass rush, and they were using a speed rush. I don't know if you saw this, but they had Bosa, Ingram, uh, and Nwasu along with Tillery. And they brought the speed rush, and Tillery was the uh, the anchor in the middle and the sides, and he was coming in on that three technique. I tell you, that was a great defensive line. That was a very active, fast, agile, and strong D line, and that really made problems for for Mahomes. And you've seen it. I don't care what quarterback you are, if you don't have time in that pocket, right? It's one thing if you get edge rushers coming at you from both corners, you can step right back into that pocket, give yourself some time, read and react hit your second or third read, and move on, right? We saw that uh, at work against us at, in a clinic last, uh, what, two years ago for the, against the Patriots when they took it to us in the playoffs and showed us how it could be done. If you got two bookend pass rushers, which we do, and nothing up the gut, Brady made quick work of that. Worked the pocket, moved in, got those edge rushers out of there on their sides and made it work. Mahomes couldn't do that because the pass rush was coming in and rocking them. Right, and we got to give credit for those D line inside uh, Linville Joseph as well. Just just rocking and rolling and, and working their magic. I thought that was a really strong showing on the D line. And conversely, once you have that going, then your secondary is even better now because they have time to react. Uh, they're not getting burned. They got two to three seconds to work with to stay with these receivers. The double moves aren't happening as much. That's why you didn't see Tyree Kill with, uh, with the help, with the exception of that one uh, long catch uh you didn't see these receivers making a second and third move because there's no time right if there's no time uh for the quarterback you're not getting a second or third move and that's the key uh an average corner can stay with you right a a, a good cover two can stay with you but now if you got that extra time in the pocket he's running around and doing all his magic with a quarterback that's one you're susceptible to get hit so they did a really good job in the first three quarters with that they lost a little bit of that in the fourth quarter uh, but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. The scrambling of Mahomes hurt us in the fourth quarter, obviously, with a number of first downs that were that were given. That third and twenty at the end was just really, really, really difficult difficult to uh, to swallow. Should not have happened, right? Uh, you gotta you gotta spy on him. 
And you got to, he's not one of those guys, he's elusive, he's big, but he's not a speedster, man. You you got to make sure, I mean, he's very athletic when he runs, but you got to put a body on him. And, and he's a big guy when he's rumbling at you, right? He's more of a Cam Newton-esque type of runner uh, compared to a Lamar Jackson type of runner or a Russell Wilson type of runner. So you, I was I was upset that they didn't have left bodies there to uh, to make sure that they're going to stop him from from burning him on the ground. And, and he did. Unfortunately, he did. Uh, that was one of the biggest things we can, we can work on because we're going to be playing some, some quarterbacks that are going to be running, running the ball on us. So that's one of the improvements we, we got to make. But amazing defensive performance. Really loved what they did that day and really stymied this Kansas City Chiefs offense. A few statistics that we just want to harp on a little bit. How about Kenneth Murray uh, leading all Chargers that day with 10 combined tackles, six solo. Uh, you had Joey Bosa. Uh, had a nice tackle for loss, along with Chris Harris on a TFL as well. Um, nice work all around in regards to our defense. I thought they really uh, brought it together. Um, a lot of quarterback hits, too. We had Jerry Tillery with uh, three hits. We had uh, Uchenne and Wasu with two hits. And Kazir White with a hit, along with Joey Bosa with two hits. So they really made Mahomes uncomfortable back there. Those hits really do take an effect on a quarterback. It's not a sack per se, but those numerous hits coming at you, body shots, body shots, it's like a you know 12-round boxing match, right? Those body shots initially aren't going to do a lot of damage, and you don't see it. But as the uh, the rounds go on, as the, as the game goes on, those are making impactful shots. And now the quarterback is getting a little more... Um, hesitant to stay in that pocket and get hit again and again. He's feeling those shots coming at him, and you're getting hit the same spots a couple times, three, four times the same place. You're going to feel it. You're going to start protecting it. Your mind changes, and it's not as aggressive in what you want to do. So those body shots are big. Those quarterback hits are are, are really a, a factor in this game. So great job on that. Really worked the defense well. Uh, again, time of possession was great, uh, almost 40 minutes compared to their 28 minutes. Really nicely done. Um, the Chargers also uh, sacked uh, the, the Chiefs, one for 13. Of course, total yards, 414 for the Chiefs, 479 for the Chargers. So pretty close on that fact, but really uh, it's it's the turnover issue. Uh, no turnovers on on the Chiefs' side, only one with the Chargers, but that was huge. So we're going to break that down a little bit and talk about the offense uh, and, and, just, and just discuss. Now, Initially, it came off that that first set of series and just brought it to uh, the Chiefs. Chiefs had no answer. That running game. Now, this running game with Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly, banging it, banging it, right? But I got to tell you, I'm watching that coach's tape on NFL Game Pass when you're seeing the the 11 on 11 and you got that end zone view. That O-line, Trey Turner and those cats. I know uh, Feeney played center. He's going to be playing center for the rest of the uh, season, obviously, with Mike Pouncey's injury. Um, Forrest Lamp uh, handling that left side. Sam Tavi did a decent job on on that left, and of course Trey Pipkins did a, did a good job on the right side as well. But I, th- I saw a lot of Trey Turner movement. I thought his movement is great. I think he has great feet. And if you can get a chance to watch the eleven on eleven on NFL Game Pass, I think you'll you'll see you'll see the line at work. And I got to tell you, I really like what they're doing. They're blasting holes. They're giving them those little uh, windows for these for these cats to run through. And I got to tell you, watch our running backs. They're always gaining yards, right? They're even when they're getting hit, they're always falling forward. I love that. They're very aggressive. They're very they explode off the blocks. And I love that those kind of running backs. They explode out of the backfield and it seems like they're always gaining yards, even if it's a short gain. Uh, so I love our running game. I thought it was really done very, very well. Um, that's going to be a factor 
uh, for the remainder of the season. Again, this time around, we ran, we ran 44 times for 183 yards uh, with a touchdown on the ground. Uh, so that was that was really key. And of course, that was Justin Herbert with his uh, nice little four-yard scamper up to the right side for the first touchdown of the game. So that was nice. 28 first downs this uh, this time as well. So this was uh, this was a really good showing um, for for the offense. So let's go back and discuss Herbert. Man, again, looked like the five-year pro. Uh, played extremely well, found his uh, targets. How about uh, that pass? He threw actually back-to-back passes. One was on third and 24, correction, second and 24, and he threw it right down the middle, a nice little deep seam to uh, Hunter Henry and made that into a third and 10 uh, situation. At that point, he found Keenan Allen on a quick little uh, middle post, a little skinny post area. He literally dropped that ball right above the safety and just uh, inside of that corner. I mean, it was a perfectly thrown NFL caliber stud throw. And, you know, you might think I'm hyping it up. Go watch the game. Go watch the game and tell me who makes those throws, okay? Because that that could have been a pick if it was last year with somebody else throwing possibly, okay? That was a great throw. That had a zinc to it, and that was perfectly timed. And I want to see more of those throws, right? Those, you got to appreciate that. This kid has it. It's the it factor, and he's bringing it, and I think it's going to be exceptional to watch. A uh, couple of faults on his on his side, right? Uh, of course, he made that beautiful scamper on that four-yard run we talked about earlier. He had a beautiful pass uh, to Jalen Guyton uh, for a first touchdown pass. That was really, really well done. If you get a chance to uh, read The Athletic with Daniel Popper, he, he really breaks it down really well. He had a good little film, film school segment this week, and he brought some of those positive and negative plays and highlighted how uh, Herbert was seeing the field, and I thought uh, did a really good job with that. So catch some of the articles on that end as well. Uh, really well done. Just he can, Herbert has that vision, right? He's played four years in, in the biggest moments, right? This kid has a Pac-12 championship. Uh, he's played in, in the, uh, the Rose Bowl with a nice, beautiful win last year. I mean, this kid is not brand new to the game. So we're making it seem like, oh, okay, well, I, you know, this is so such a big thing for him. This kid's ready. Uh, he was supposed to leave as a junior, possibly. We're all thinking as a first round or first pick of the draft as a junior coming out. He decided to stay one more year, and all of a sudden people didn't even recognize who he was, supposedly. But he was still there doing his thing. So this kid's ready to play. He's not a third-year guy coming out early. He's got four full uh, starting seasons in a major uh, conference in the Pac-12, and and he's showing his highlights. So let's build on it. Let's keep working, right? It's not a one-game sample. or a one, you know We need to see a lot more of this. Obviously, he's going to have more ups and downs, and that's expected. Every quarterback goes through it. So we're not expecting you know 300-yard games every week. We're not expecting zero turnovers every week. Um, but let's keep building on it. Let's get better on it. 22 out of 33, 311 yards, one touchdown, one interception, a quarterback rating of 94.4, and four rushes for 18 yards and a touchdown, uh, longs of 11. So he really brought it. Uh, again, the stat line is, is, is beautiful to see, especially for a first year. That could be for any stat line, any veteran quarterback. That's what you want to see. Uh, he was sacked twice. He was blitzed 13 times, okay? So they're bringing a kitchen sink on this kid. Uh, as a good defensive coordinator, what do you want to do to a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback? You want to blitz him. You want to confuse coverage. You want want him to come up to the line and think he's reading a, a, 
a cover two, or you might be reading a cover three or, or a single up, up, up high safety, and you uh, you switch it on right at the snap, right? That's a big one. The second thing is you blitz them. You bring them in from all different sides and angles and get some hits on them. Uh, he was hurried twice. He was hit five times. He was pressured nine times, and he scrambled three times. So thanks to our pro football reference information here on that, those stat lines, um, really well done. And uh, you're going to expect the same when we talk about Carolina Panthers here and what they're going to do to him. You're going to expect the same and even more for these blitzes coming at you, some confusions coming at you. So that's going to be fun to watch and see how he reacts. Hey, he's a big kid, right? Uh, those blitzes were coming. He was, st- And what I saw are two things. One, he escapes out of that pocket. He's able to run around, and he's looking downfield. He's looking for that pass first, which a good quarterback should always do, right? You want to air it out and get some yardage in there and get away from traffic. Number two, if he didn't see the first and second progression at that time, um, then he's bailing out. He's going to run it. He's a big boy. He's going to hunker down and go down. How about him making these huge runs? How about that? That run when he rocked the Chiefs linebacker. The linebacker came up to make him hit on the right side of the field. He came strong and just put on the wood against Herbert. And I was like, oh, dang, that was a hit. And we heard it, right? We heard it off for our little uh, stereo speakers. And all of a sudden, Herbert pops back up. And that Chiefs linebacker is, you know, he got the helmet on one side. His shoulders all banged up on another side. He was he was rocked. He was rocked. So you're going to hit Herbert. Um, he's a big boy. He's a Camp Newton-sized big boy. So I don't think a lot of guys are rushing up there to, to take big hits on him. Um, I don't want him getting hit, right? That's one thing he's got to work on. He's got to work on a slide, and he's got to work on doing the Russell Wilson magic and getting out of bounds, okay? You cannot stay there and get rocked for 16 games. I don't care how big and strong you are. It looks great. You look fun. You're a young kid. I get it. Um, can't do that. You're, you're going to get hurt. you got to stay away from those collisions. You don't need those collisions. It's eventually going to hurt you, right? We don't want to preach it too much, but he's got to learn to get away from those kind of taking those kind of massive hits. There's no need. So slide, get out of bounds. Who cares about the extra one, one or two yards? Let's, let's save it for the next play, okay? So that's, that's big. Now, a couple of the negatives that I saw. There was one issue when it was early downs. I think it was on a first down situation when he was getting rushed by uh, one of the D linemen. And uh, he had a fullback out open on his left side as he's delivering back. And instead of hitting that that fullback, uh, even to his feet and get out of that pressure, he took a nice you know 10 to 14 yard sack. And those are some of the things that he's got to stay away from. He's got to stay away from getting those negative plays uh, instead of trying to do too much on that one. Hey, just throw that one away and move on for the next play and, and go with that. If you're getting a heavy, heavy pass rush going or just throw away. And Philip Rivers used to, used to do that really well. He was, uh, if he didn't like something and things weren't going his way, you know, he would just drop that that ball right into the pocket uh, on the uh, feet of the uh, that running back. And I thought he did a good job with that. And that's something that eventually uh, he's going he's to have to catch on and also do because that's going to be important to make sure that we're staying away from those negative plays. And so this was the most crucial point of the game, I thought, where, where things turned on us and where one more score, even a field goal, would have would have really put us up uh, with two scores, made it much more difficult for the Chiefs to come back. And this is one we have to really harp on, and, and this is this is the, the big turning point of the game. And this was at the waning moments of the third quarter, about just under 30 seconds left in the third. It was second and two from the Chiefs 39. So we're getting, getting close to a nice uh, uh, Badger field goal here for us. And as we're doing this, um, pass rush comes in. You've seen the play. If you haven't, take a look at it. Herbert starts going on the run on the left-hand side, and he's got clear green for a first down. He's going to pick up that first down, 
and plus maybe five more on that. Uh, he only had about two. Uh, he's at a corner and a, and a linebacker to beat, and they were like seven to eight yards away from him, if not longer. And instead of picking up that first down, um, he went ahead and th- he saw um, Keenan Allen in the middle of the field, and he thought he had him on a nice post, and he threw it up, not recognizing the right side corner was picking up speed and, and getting close to it. The ball hung up. The ball hung up, and because of that, the corner came up and made a great play on the ball and got it intercepted. Um, so those are the things I, that you have to be careful about. I, I love the fact he's aggressive, and those are plays you want to take advantage of, obviously, and those will come, right? A breakdown play where you're running and trying to scramble for a quick first, but that's when your receiver breaks open and, and pops it to the other side and you got a clear uh, window to throw it. Absolutely do it. But he's got to be careful that these corners and safeties are not the same in the Pac-12 and in college football, right? They're going to make plays, and you can't hang up a ball like that. Go ahead and be safe. Go ahead and get – you know, it's it's all also about, you know, tactical football. It's knowing where you're at in the game, right? This is the end of third quarter. You're up. You're not losing. You're not losing by two or three touchdowns where you have to be taking these plays or forcing to take plays like that or making those kind of uh, big plays. You have to protect the ball here. You've got to get your first down, and you got to move the chains and, and get the next opportunity over. And the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to get a field goal attempt out of this whole thing. So those are okay. It's, it's situational football. It's tactical football. He's a smart kid, so I'm not worried about him. Right, he's proven that with his with his degree, with his grades. Uh, the kid's a smart kid, so he'll get that. It's also experience, and which he has none of right now. Right, one game, one sixty-minute game, which is great. Uh, but these are things he has to work on, and I think he's going to improve, and that's what we're looking at. And it's 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 these, again, these are small things we're hitting at, but that was the key of the game. I thought uh, that's one of the keys of the game. There's a second one I'll talk about in a minute, but that's not going to really involve Herbert and somebody else. But that was one of the biggest issues I thought that occurred, and that that took us out of having that that double-digit uh, lead on him and two-score lead, I should say, on him. And that was one of the big issues. Um, the second impact of the game was not completed by a player or decided by a player, but a coach. And that's our head coach, Anthony Lynn. I like him. I've always liked him. I think he has a great calming presence, yet he's intense and you can tell. And he's got a lot of respect in that in that, uh, in that locker room and on the field. I did not like this play call. Fourth and one after a Mike Williams completion from Herbert uh, on a third down situation in our territory in overtime. Fourth and one, facing it. Like, look, this is huge. Uh, if you don't make this first down on a fourth and one, ball game is pretty much over, right? Chiefs win it. It's going to be an easy kick, couple of plays, and the kicking team will come up there, and your game is over in in, in overtime. However, Anthony Lynn and crew decided to we're, we're going to go ahead and kick the ball back to Mahomes and this Chiefs offense and try to hold them again and and get a shot one more time with the offense. I don't like that thinking because you've held them all game long, right? And just because you've done it two or three, four or five times doesn't mean now it's going to happen again. You cannot give these type of offenses opportunities. You have to limit them. And you should know that your chances of stopping this team now that it's been on a roll in the fourth quarter and really getting some gas to it, Conversely, your defense losing gas and losing players as we speak, they're getting tired. And don't forget, I don't care what people tell you, I'm telling you right now, 
defense uh, uses more energy and gas than offense, okay? Offense, you're controlling where you're going and what you're doing. Defense, you're reacting. Thus, you're running a lot more. And it's a lot more stress and it's a lot more running and it's a lot more giving effort to catch up and so forth. That's why you want your defense on the sideline, getting that breather, getting that rest, recovery time, and having your, your offense out there attacking on the running game, working that those angles and getting first down and moving the chains and, and bleeding time. That's what you need. And at the end, the Chiefs were the ones dictating in the last quarter and it became a little tough, difficult for us. So I thought that fourth and one, once I saw him make that decision, I got to tell you, once I saw him make that decision, he brought out that punty, my goal. This game is done here. I go, unfortunately, I think this is the game because you cannot give the ball back to him in overtime with one score to go. And unfortunately, that's what happened. I wish I was wrong, but that's what happened. And I'm hoping that Anthony Lynn can, can also learn from this mistake because I think it is a mistake and people are kind of afraid to call it, but it is a mistake. I think uh, an aggressive uh, play caller is going to say, go for this. I, I think your chances of losing are greater than your chances of winning. And yeah, you might have lost earlier in the game than later, but guess what? It's a loss, and I'd rather have it where you get aggressive and go after a first down, get it, move on, and continue for that field goal and put the pressure on them and and even limit the time because that time was going out there as well and maybe even limit a lot more time and make it even more difficult for them. So I thought that was the key. I think I would have rather handled a loss where we went for it on, on, the, on that fourth and one and tried to get a first, then us kicking back to him and saying, well, we're going to just hold on to our awesome defense again, see if we can stop you again. I didn't think that was really the right call. But, you know, he's the coach. He gets the, he gets the big money, and, and they make those decisions, right or wrong. It's going to come back and bite you, right, if it, if it wasn't the right one. And unfortunately, he's been facing it in the media a lot this week, and he's been handling that that question, and it has been going great. But, you know, he, he he's a coach. He made the decision. You have to live with it. Uh, secondly, he's also made the decision, uh, speaking of Anthony Lynn, uh, to keep Tyrod Taylor as the starter. Again, we've heard about the issue with the medical staff uh, trying to give a pain medication, a pain relief medication uh, due to the cracked ribs for Tyrod, and uh, by doing so, uh, punctured uh, his lung. And that's going to be a, a huge issue, right? These 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 injuries are not a couple weeks uh, injuries and they come back. Uh, that's a pretty serious injury. So I don't know how long he's going to be gone for. If you look at some of the reports about how long those kind of punctured um, uh, lungs would be, and that's going to be four to six weeks possibly. Uh, some reports are saying he could be back in a couple weeks. So we'll wait to see the severity of it. Uh, but in the meantime, you've got Justin starting. And his first crack is this upcoming Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, that's going to be fun to watch. I was listening on Sirius NFL Radio this week. Uh, they were discussing or interviewing uh, Panthers head coach Matt Rule. And he was discussing uh, the issue about about facing Herbert and I guess they had seen Herbert a lot in college obviously and and also scouted him and like what they saw and really and he was saying that he loved the it factor that he possessed and they were trying to get more disguises and, and coverage are going to be key but again I think that they're going to be really aggressive with Herbert they're going to be going after him to truly make him bad make bad decisions and get him out of his game and get the chargers out of their game one thing that Matt Rule said I thought was really interesting he said the chargers offense um is a is a college offense, and you know at one, at one point I'm like, wait a minute, that that's kind of a diss, right? That's kind of disrespectful. You're an NFL offense, and, and you're calling it a uh, you're an NFL team. You're calling it an, a college uh, offense, but it wasn't meant as a sign of disrespect. He said they run it as a as a it really isn't an, as a college offense. They have a lot of RPOs. They have uh, uh, read uh, concepts. They have zone concepts. 
he said it makes it a lot more difficult uh, for us. So he goes, they're literally using a, a college offense, which I thought was really, it was kind of keen to, to point that out. And again, it's it's not uh, belittling the team or, or saying you don't have a, a quality NFL offense, uh, but it showed, it showed last Sunday. Uh, against the Chiefs and how hard it was for them to cover all the different types of things they're doing. And again, throw out all the all the videos from last year, all the tape work that they've done last year. It's gone because this is not the same Chargers offense that we were running with with uh, Philip Rivers. That's a completely different skill set we're working with with these mobile quarterbacks. So uh, you're going to be seeing a lot more of these uh, progressive offenses. And I thought that was a pretty keen uh, um moment that, that that the coach was, was speaking of candidly about how they're going to face uh, this type of offense. So looking forward to seeing how the Panthers will line up. Panthers are not a bad team. They've been in some close contests the first week against the Raiders with that shootout that they had. Um, they've been in some close contests. Now they're going to be struggling uh, without their main guy, almost like the NFL MVP these days um, with Christian McCaffrey. And he's gone for at least three to four weeks, if not longer, with that ankle. So, of course, Mike Davis now fills in the backfield, and I remember him uh, in Seattle a couple years back, and he was just doing such a bang-up job. I think he went to Chicago last year. Didn't see much of that happening, but just saw him um, live in, in, in Seattle a couple years back, and I thought he is just a, a demon of a runner. Big boy, strong guy, uh, can really work that off uh, that uh, defensive line and, and bang it in there if he needs to. And he has really soft hands, and he showed that. Uh, and they will throw to him. So he does not have to come out on third uh, third downs. He's a three-down back. He, he knows how to pass pro as well, and he can catch out of the backfield. So he's going to be fun to watch and see how our linebackers going to to work with him. I don't want him getting to that second level and start banging our safeties run because he's a big boy. So I want those linebackers so uh, to be attached to his hip and, and make sure we, we fix that up pretty well. Uh, DJ Moore uh, on the uh, left side, uh, he is their um, Z receiver, and he is just – he's a stud. He is their playmaker on the outside. He's uh, rated at 72.1 from uh, Pro Football Focus, and PFF has him there as a 34th best receiver right now so far this early in the season. And on the opposite side is the Mr. New York Jet himself, Robbie Anderson, who's uh, rated right now at PFF as 71.7 rating, and he's blown it up. Uh, this guy usually shows up in December and starts making some splash uh, splash games here and starts blowing up the uh, stat sheets uh, late in the year. But this time around, he has a fresh start in Carolina. He's connecting well with Bridgewater. And Teddy is, is doing a really good job back there. Um, Again, 64.6 on his quarterback rating so far, 24th out of all QBs. He's a dangerous quarterback, though. you got to put pressure on him. He can run around on you as well. And he knows where to go with the ball. And I think it's, again, I've only saw, saw the one game he played against the Raiders uh, a couple weeks back. I like the way he plays. I think the, the Panthers also have a very up-tempo type of offense to work with. Again, they're going to be a little handcuffed and hamstrung this week without uh, one of their best players, if not one of the best players in the NFL with Christian McCaffrey. So that should be something that the defense of our Chargers should take advantage of and really work hard with it. It's not a given, okay? This team can still come out and score a lot of points on you, but they also give up points. And we got to make sure we're there, we're taking advantage of it, keeping turnovers to a zero or to a very low number and making sure we pay off with some good touchdowns at the end of our our long drives and and field goals. Get points as we go because this is a dangerous team and they have the, the perimeter uh, offenses to attack you with DJ Moore and, and, and Robbie Anderson. And I got to tell you, Ian Thomas, who's taken over uh, at tight end 
really uh, doing a good job after Greg Olson uh, took off this year. And Ian Thomas is doing well. Not really highly, highly rated this year at 52.1, but he really is a stud player. Had a really good showing last year as well. And he's a danger up the middle for us, especially against our banged-up safeties. we got to see if Ray Sean is going to be able to play this week. We really didn't harp on the injuries, but but Ingram's going to be on. Uh, Melvin Ingram's going to be gone this week, uh, looks like, with that knee. And I know Bosa's still working with that tricep, but he's playing. Um, so, yeah, issues. Uh, Justin Jackson, I think, is going to be out this week as well on the D-line, so that's going to be problematic. You want to make sure we have enough uh, bulk and enough speed on that defense to make sure we're, we're stopping these guys coming at you because it, it's going to be a, a pretty difficult game. All right, so I'm looking forward to it. This has been a, a longer segment. I really appreciate you guys listening to it once again. We'll, we'll break it. I apologize. This came out a little late this week for uh, for us, but I'll break it earlier next week, try to get it off to you guys by Wednesday so you guys can have it on your podcast. As always, please tell your friends, other Charger fans to join in. NFL fans, listen to us at Extreme Voltage. Wanted to thank our man behind the glass, my man, Tyrell Mad Dog Wiggins for taking care of us today. And I want to thank our composer, uh, Kevin McLeod, for our, our, our awesome songs coming in. Strength of the Titans and the Ice Giants for today. As always, you can find us on any podcast streaming service you'd like. We'll catch you guys next week. We'll debrief the game and we'll go from there. You guys have a great weekend. This is Extreme Voltage, Team Malconian. Take care.